Money FM 89.3, the best of prime time. In the spotlight on Money FM 89.3. So we're seeing record inflation, rising interest rates and consumer confidence close to the gloomiest on record. And Singaporeans have cut their spending as a result. We're entering the festive season with budgets under more pressure this year than ever before. And it's not surprising that almost all are considering affordability and adapting their typical Christmas spending habits in one way or another to the new environment. But with the GST hike kicking in next month in January, <laughs> we should perhaps buy more now, or should we? Well, we're talking today with Laurent Bertrand. He is CEO and co-founder of Better Trade-Off, talking about how you should manage your spending and investment portfolios as well in line with your wishes for next year and still be able to enjoy the festive season. Hi, Laurent. Thanks for joining us. Hi, thanks for having us. Okay, so let's talk about inflation, first of all. There was a report recently that said that while Singaporeans are worried about soaring prices, they are actually driving inflation upwards by buying things that they can actually do without. They are spending discretionarily, and this could be the biggest contribution to inflation this year and next. What's your reading of this situation? So first, we should not uh, mix the uh, effect and the cause. So here we're saying we, we Singaporeans spending more on things that we don't need, and therefore we drive inflation. Uh, that's probably true if we believe this report. But the question is what the impact. So first, it's discretionary. So you, can, you don't have to uh, have an increase of price for yourself. And second, I think that during the festive season, this is one of the times where we do want to do discretionary spending. The question is, what can you do about it and how can you do it a bit smartly? Okay, so talk to us about how we can do it smartly. I think the first thing is probably having a budget to start with, and I mean a general budget, and having also a budget for your festive season. And obviously, uh, of course, track your budget. And so when we talk about inflation and, and recession and, and having a budget for your festive season, what is important is to put it into perspective. Um, because remember that might be might feel like a, a big amount, but for some it's a mountain, for, for others it's a whole hill. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's all about can I afford to do it? And sometimes you, you, you might be scared and you might think, oh, I cannot afford to do it. Well, in reality, you can well afford it. And some other people thinking about the long term uh, should be more reasonable in their spending. Mm. And so this is where having the, the plan for that much easier. Mm. Some people might say, look, it's common sense. But we know common sense isn't all that common at times. And it really depends on a person's mindset. So I do know of a lot of people who say, oh, I better buy all these things before the GST kicks in, the GST rate hike kicks in in January. But you should only buy the things that you think you're going to need, not just whatever uh, suits you in that moment, right? Whatever stands out to you in that moment. You might just end up buying a lot of things that you won't ever use. Correct. And, uh, and so the GST is 1%. So we should not underestimate the impact of the GST. But if you look at the inflation, it'd be way higher lately. So um, I think it's very important not to be caught into uh, scare tactics and, and uh, overreaction. On the other side, you talk about spending things that you don't need. So certain things you don't need, but you enjoy. 
And I think that's absolutely okay. But as with your budget, now we have apps and we have credit card limit, for example, that you can use to your advantage to make sure that you don't overspend by using them. And then you can always change your, your limit back. I think there's also another good thing is generating good habits. So if you buy something, maybe you can put some money aside every time you buy something and then realize that uh, and put that money for your investment account so that uh, because you do it, because it's, uh, it's something which is not impulsive, uh, it will help you to uh, control your, your spending. Then there's also the two-day rule. So when you have a large purchase, wait another two days before buying it so that you, you don't feel prey of your spontaneous desire. But don't forget to reward yourself too. I think that's like a diet when you go on diet before summer. Uh, people sometimes overdo it and then it's very difficult and then there is a revenge purchase, mm. so to say. So you have to have a sustainable behavior over time and so it's all about balance. Mm, I like that dieting analogy. Now, a lot of people say, well, all I really need is a pay raise and salaries are expected to rise in Southeast Asia next year. But we also have to bear in mind a wage price spiral that could actually worsen inflation, right? I mean, sure, workers would like to be paid more to offset inflation. But while this would help, we have to realize that helping people maintain their purchasing power will actually keep demand high and prices high. Yeah, there's a wage price spiral, classic uh, in the past. But you can have increase in salary without having inflation. Uh, because to some extent, if you have productivity increasing, um, that's not a problem. And what we have seen, if you look at the statistics of Singapore, is that uh, outside inflation, the real capacity of people in terms of their earnings has been increasing over time. That's not a bad thing. I think Singapore in particular, being an open economy, uh, is kind of importing what the rest of the world is doing. So um, to some extent here in Singapore, what is very important is to stay competitive and to be able to uh, to really win uh, in, in this environment. So when it comes to wages, going up is good. Now, if you spend all the additional money you're making, um, you're not going to be able to invest and, and reward your future self uh, by making making your money work for you. And I think that's an important part. We always talk about how much you earn, which is important, but how much you spend is also important. So if you're a heavy saver, that's great. Now, if you don't invest it, that money is not going to work for you. And, and, and obviously, that's also money you lose, but you just don't feel it because you don't see it. Now, there's a lot of talk about a recession next year. In fact, uh, just recently speaking at a Wall Street Journal event, Goldman Sachs CEO David Solomon said that he sees about a 65% chance of the U.S. economy entering a recession next year. And this is despite better than expected U.S. economic data. What do you think? But overall, uh, that would not be the first time we have a recession being announced. I think the famous joke is that economists have uh, forecasted 12 of the four future <laughs> recession. But that, that being aside, there is really chances of recession. The question is, what does it mean for you? And so for a lot of people, uh, the difficulty is to say, wh- what, what should I do? How do I make myself immune or at least less impacted mm. by a recession? So. Uh, investing in yourself, uh, education, uh, being employable, very important. Uh, having a plan, again, very important, so you know how much you need as emergency funds. Uh, you also know uh, how you make sure that if things go wrong, not only losing your job, but, uh, for example, having a, a, an accident, uh, who is taking care of your family. So there's a lot of those things that make you sleep better at night, knowing that while uh, you might not be able to avoid those big events, uh, you might be able to cushion the impact. And again, having a plan uh, helps you to have this, to feel sound of mind and sleep better at night.
Speaking today with Laurent Bertrand, he is CEO and co-founder of Better Trade-Off. So when it comes to investment decisions at this point, what areas are you looking at? What would be a safe place to go? So the very first thing, and it's probably not what people consider safe, is start investing. Uh, it's amazing the amount of people who try to optimize their investments to be very smart about it. But the reality is they don't invest enough. So we look at the plan of many, many people uh, through, the, through our clients, the banks and insurance who use a solution. And what we see is a lot of people are underinvested. So that means their money is not working hard enough for them. And it comes from very good reason. Uh, sometimes because you want to have money inside, huh? that's the emergency fund. But most of the time, it's also because you don't use the opportunity to have insurance, which is a much better uh, way of uh, protecting yourself than having cash aside. Uh, the last part is because you, you're kind of scared. I mean, the stock market went down, and yeah. so where should I be safe? But at the end of the day, if you look at people, what they need is discipline and a long-term view. I think I love the Warren Buffett uh, quote, like, the most important quality for an investor is temper not intellect. And so when I look at people trying to optimize where should I be, in fact, they should be less in cash, more in investment, now, which kind of investment you can see professional to help you there and to hold a course and not to sell when the market goes down and then buy when it's a frenzy because you end up buying high, selling low, which is kind of the worst than what we see people doing. So my advice for people is to have a long-term view, see those situations as opportunity to buy quality as long as you know what you're doing. Uh, get the help that you need from an advisor or your bank or whoever is uh, providing professional advice and, and really have this long-term view so that you can manage your risk uh, in your portfolio in a consistent manner. Mm, but I'm sure you can understand if a person who hasn't invested yet or who is underinvested continues to remain so among all of these issues that have arisen, all of these scandals and risks and <laughs> crashes that have happened in the last few months, especially. So what would your advice be to someone who's just starting out at this time? So and let's plug but I think using a solution like ours is very helpful because what of you course do, you would say that <laughs> of course of course that um, it's very seriously for a lot of people it's just not realizing how long term works I mean the compounding uh, if you do seven percent per year it means you double every ten years if you do ten percent you double every seven years so if you have about seven thirty years in front of you and let's say you're fifty and 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 you need to sustain yourself through retirement until eighty. It's 30 years, and 30 years is long term. And so that allows you to double five times, two times, two times, two times, two times, two times. You realize it's a lot of money. So that's the first thing. And with a solution like ours, you can see what is your, your real situation, your real time horizon, and that helps you to realize, oh, but if things go wrong, I'm still much better off than if I didn't invest. Now, if you do that for short term, let's be very clear, I will gamble my money. Okay, so that's very important. But if you do it over the long term, um, you're going to be in much better place. And then if you have a lot of money and that's the first time you invest, in general, what you want to do is to do it month by month over one year, two years, not entering all in one go because you might be lucky or you might be unlucky on, on the time where you make your investment. So those are very reasonable, very easy things to do. And then again, educate yourself, get more confident. But with the solution that show you what can happen when things go right and things go wrong, you will realize that over the long term, um, you're in much better place if you have invested, irrespective if you enter at the wrong time. So let's talk about what an ideal portfolio should look like at this time. What should it <laughs> comprise? First, it should be diversified. And I know it sounds very basic, but it's yeah. really so important. Things happen. Uh, second, it really depends on your time horizon. 
So if you have a time horizon which is very long, in general, you can afford to take more risk as long as you're comfortable with it. Again, if you're scared because stock market goes down and you start selling everything because you're not comfortable anymore, you might end up worse than if you had done nothing. So that the, 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 this part, the psychology of your investment is critical in determining what is your uh, best portfolio. Now, if you look at what asset managers are saying right now, you should be more on high quality uh, fixed income. The allocation should be uh, higher. Uh, you might consider also private equity and venture capital if you, you can afford it, if you can afford the illiquidity of it. So there is quite a few places. And last but not least, when everything goes right, everything is rising. But uh, when things go wrong, there's also a lot of opportunities. So you need to de-average and understand where are those opportunities. So in the same sector, you might end up with places where you, you really have an opportunity to do better. But to do that, you either need to know really what you're doing or having real professional advice. Hmm. That's the thing. I mean, financial literacy is so important, isn't it? And I think it has come to light that a lot of people are not entirely financially literate and a lot of organizations don't do a lot to help them become more financially literate. So you've got to really take that into your own hands. Having said that, uh, what is your outlook, Laurent, for 2023? I know you said, yeah, okay, probably there'll be a recession and everybody and their mother is saying that. But uh, anything more nuanced that investors should be looking I mean, for for me to tell you, uh, to to be clear, on our side, the business is doing extremely well. But when I look at investors uh, and I look at myself as an investor, what I know is those situations are places where I can buy good assets on the cheap. Value is what you buy. Price is what you pay, as Warren Buffett also said. And I think this is a a key element for uh, a lot of investors. If you if you try to be if I if I apply to a new or, or people who don't have time, the discipline of continuous investment is important. And now you have robot advisors that make it super easy to buy diversified portfolio which adapts to your risk and, and you can buy also ETF. And the reason why I say that is because when you do it regularly, you benefit from the largest averaging. And you are in the market, so you, you don't try to time the market. Uh, only professionals could do that, and many of them are not able to do it in a consistent manner. So I think for a lot of people who find it complicated, who find it difficult, having this discipline to continuously invest and stay the course over the long term is great. So 2023 might end up being a bad year for, for the market. doesn't mean it has to be a bad year for investors because they are going to buy quality assets uh, at a cheaper price. Thank you very much for your time today, Laurent. Laurent Bertrand, CEO and co-founder of Better Trade-Off. Thanks for joining us on Primetime. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.